hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. That's why in my spirit, I'm pursuing, I'm fighting for a heart of gratitude because gratitude is the value and virtue that unlocks so many other values and virtues. Gratitude makes you generous. Gratitude makes you thankful. It makes you an encourager. It's gratitude that makes you positive. So I'm asking God to transform my heart from one that's entitled to one that's grateful so that even though I may be a naturally greedy person, I'd be a supernaturally grateful person. That's what I want to talk about for a few minutes today in a message we're calling, I'm Grateful. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor with Life Church here in Green Bay. And you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series uh, happening at Life Church in Green Bay. Joining me today is my very special guest, Pastor Sonny Hennessy. Say hi, Sonny. Hi, Sonny. <laughs> anyway, I'm really glad you're here. I'm sure everyone knows you, but maybe like people don't know you know you. Maybe Hopefully there's people you, like, that don't know like, me. Your face and your name and like... Mm-hmm your charisma. Maybe they don't know much about you. So maybe just tell us a little about like what people might not know about you. Well, I would love if there's a lot of people who don't know me because that means that they're new to this. Yeah. Right. That's true. And they stumbled upon it. Uh, I am Sean's wife, the person that preached the message that we're going to talk about today. And uh, I'm a mom and I'm the called the lead pastor here at Life Church. So I do the leadership or I lead. And um, then Sean is the senior pastor. And yeah, I talk about that for a second. Yeah, because maybe people don't understand that (coughs) where if people say, oh, she's the lead pastor, meaning she's like, because when we think of lead, we think of like the The top dog. Right. And so that's not it at all. It's, It's almost more of a it's almost as much of a like administrative title, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, I feel like you know when we have staff meeting. I mean, Sean's there mm-hmm. frequently, but not all the time. But like, no matter what, like you're making sure things get done. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I feel like, like this, like I don't know if a lot of people know that. A lot of people think like Sean's like pulls all the strings, and then you know. But really, I mean, if I guess if I don't know, can we say this now? I feel like I shouldn't even be talking about no, this out loud. No, that's fine. But totally. I feel like if there's strings being pulled, really. It's like you with input from Sean more than anything, right? Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he would be, we would co-vision it, vision, envision, co-vision. Yeah. Um, You know, sometimes it's like, well, there's the visionary, the pastor, and then there's an executive pastor that just like makes everything happen. But the vision all comes from the senior pastor. And Sean and I would both have a lot of vision. His his sometimes a lot of times supersedes mine. And also, um, he's final say, like he's the priest of our home, the priest of our church. I like that in the order of things. And, um, he actually pushes me forward more than I have to push myself forward. So, you know, sometimes when you work for the right person or you're married to and work for the the right person, they're actually pushing you forward and lifting you up more in leadership Mm. because of their leadership. And, uh, I wouldn't consider myself co-pastor over all of this, but there's days that I, and we've divided and conquered, you know, he does what his gifts are and I do what my gifts are. And if it includes leading and strategy, then I'm all in on that. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm not trying to be uh, super complimentary because you're sitting across the table from me, but I mean like that skill set for you though, Sonny is legendary, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's a thing. Like people are, are, envious and trying to model the things that you've put into place as far as how to pull those strings specifically, like how to get people involved and feel like they're owners in their Mm -hmm. own church rather than just, you know, consumers of their church. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you talk to church leaders, certainly all over town, but I'm sure all over the country, right. That are recognized what life church does and what life church does because of the vision that you and Sean set up, but the ways that you execute it. And so mm. I think that's a really big deal. Well, thanks. Yeah. I, if I can be honest, the pandemic that that'll make you feel like you need to go back to school to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Because like you just said to activate or engage people for their skill set when everybody's hunkered down and yeah. told don't even do anything outside of dinner with the family you live with. Right, <laughs> That'll right. make it hard to yeah. get people uh, engaged and activated and living out their purpose. So yeah. this is a trying time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so and, but you uh, met Sean while you were also attending seminary slash Bible yes. school. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You were at Central Bible College. Uh, no, Trinity. Trinity Bible In College. In North Dakota. Right. Because yes. that's where you're from. 
No. No, don't ever say that. You're and I, and I don't want to hate on North Dakota because I do have my Bible college degree. But you're when you're from South Dakota, you really don't like North Dakotans. And North Dakotans make fun of Montanans. Oh. Which is weird because in South Dakota, you kind of like respect the Montana people. But if you're from South Dakota and somebody says North, I get it all the time. You're from North Dakota. Oh, or oh, you're from the Dakotas, like like saying North Carolina and South yeah. Carolina are just the care. It's same thing. Carolinas. Nope. Mm. North Carolina, South Carolina. Totally Wait, different. So, so this is a little lesson in shut your mouth if you think <laughs> that North Dakota is the same. Now, North Dakotans, they don't. They don't hate on South Dakota, but so to clarify, I'm from South Dakota, went to Bible college in North Dakota. Sean and I met at Bible college. Gotcha. Yeah. And but now, so, but now though, I want to know, so like yeah. if you, not saying that you feel this way, mm-hmm. but what would a typical South Dakotan like say about North Dakotans? Like what's the, oh, what's the, like we pity them that they have to be from that state. Like they're, what do we call them? Nordax. Hmm. Um, they're. I mean, there's other things. There's probably <laughs> even um, like ethnics. They were. Wow, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was a teenager there and I didn't stay in that area. But yeah, I mean, there's like kind of all out war between farmers and even farmers and ranchers. Don't ever call me a farmer. I'm a rancher. Mm. But I don't know that farmers get that aggravated if they're called a rancher. Hmm. Weird stuff, it right? Weird Don't we stuff. always find a reason yeah. to like carry our torture sword? Yes, and, which yeah. makes this pandemic exactly oh. this example of that. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. want—I want to find the difference. Like, why I don't I, I i don't know that I don't like you, so I'm going to try to find a reason to not like right. you. Right. You know. Right. Rather than like we should be looking at each other. Like, what can I like about you? What right. Can I forget about you or forgive about you. What that you I just find? said I was from North Dakota. Why right. am I going to think about that <laughs> this whole time? What am I wearing today that made him think I was from North Dakota? Right. <laughs> And now our son's getting talked to by both North Dakota and North Dakota State Oh, and uh, for football. So wow. now I'll be loving North Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, Sean and I met in, in Bible college. I didn't know what I was there for. I felt a call to ministry. Gotcha. I thought I put down on my freshman, whatever, when most people are like business right, yeah. generals, like I put youth and missions and honestly, I don't have a missions body and a bone in my body. Yeah. So, but I did, I did think youth and then Sean was there for whatever, for football. And in the end he was getting credentialed and I was not, even though we had the same degree down to, we have a coaching, a coaching minor. I could coach football, basketball, or volleyball which is hilarious, but we, we got a minor in coaching and we got exactly the same degree. And I didn't even think about getting credentials Mm. because I was a woman not that long ago, but I was like, they're like, do you, you, you could get credentialed. And I'm like, but what would I use it for? I still had in my mind, I'd have to go overseas and be a nurse or a teacher. Like, I don't know if I thought I lived 50 years ago. I mean, I was coming from North Dakota. The town has 300 people, but yeah. And so then I just kind of was like, sure. So I became credentialed and I've been a pastor, but it's only been in recent years. And I still don't introduce myself as Pastor Sonny. Hmm. I'd rather earn it than tell people. Yeah, Yeah, I get that. Huh. Well, this isn't the Sunny Show. As right. Much as I'd like Enough it to about be. me. Right. So we're gonna we'll jump in <laughs> and listen to Sean's uh, first soundbite. We'll talk about that. James, the earthly half brother of Jesus, he tells us this very thing. He said, "Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good thing comes from God." Now, you might say, "Well, I worked for what I have. I went to school. I worked the overtime. God didn't do that." I did. And honestly, I'd say there may be some truth in that. But I'd also say you were just actually a good steward with the gifts and opportunities that God gave you. When uh, when I first heard Sean make this quote, it reminded me of that. Um, I'm not trying to get political here. Maybe I shouldn't even say this, but it reminded me it was a number of years ago uh, when uh, Barack Obama was president. Mm-hmm. And he said something like this about how you didn't build that. Like, 
we all built that. Like when he was talking about like people who started their own companies or whatever, and it wasn't just because you did it. It's like, and so I, that reminded me of that when Sean talked about because he says it in almost the exact same way as Barack Obama did. But and I can tell you wasn't quoting Barack. <laughs> Sean's like the least political. He's not even American, right? So let's right. just say that clearly. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's like a he's English, Canadian. He can't like, even yeah. vote. <laughs> Is that bad to say right now? I thought he was like naturalized or something. No, he's a citizen. Oh, uh, resident. I'm sorry. He's a res- resident. He never got citizenship. No kidding. Yeah. He huh. can't even vote, so can't hate on him. Oh, now there's gonna be like five people that leave the church because he can't vote, <laughs> or they might stay because they're like, "Oh, we can't hate him for liking that dude." <laughs> anyway, I love this idea because sometimes, like the way that we're, I always get this mixed up. I wanted to say the way that we're made, but I feel like we're made in God's image. The way that our nature is, which is a different thing. We want to take credit. We mm-hmm. want to like, wait a minute, I did build this, or this is because of something that I did. And mm-hmm. I found that like I, I, um, I, I know I know a lot. I'm going down so many rabbit holes right now, just in my mind. I'm not even saying. Oh, me them too. All. Yeah. So um, sometimes I feel like I fake it till I make it. I know a lot of people say you shouldn't do that, but sometimes I need to do things with my mouth before I do believe them in my mind. Yeah. And so I remember early on, I started talking about you know like. I'm I'm limited in what I can do. That anything I have is a blessing from God. I'm no more than dirty rags. I'm like I would, and I would use my mouth to say that before I felt it in my. Now I'm at the place where like I know where I'm at, and I'm everything with God. Like I'm fantastic with God. I'm more than a conqueror with God. But like without God, I know that I'm not. And there would even be times where I would like try to say that like in public or on social media, and there'd be people like, "No, Scott, you're fantastic. You're a great mm-hmm. this, and you're a fantastic mm-hmm. that." I'm like, "Yeah, maybe, but." If I am, it's only because God gave me that. It's not because, you know, I came up with it on my own. Yeah. But I feel like as as people, like we want to take credit for it. But then once we take credit for something, then like we, I feel like we hoard those things. So if I feel like I'm talented because of how I've, I've developed my talent, I'm going to hoard my talent. Mm-hmm. Or if I feel like I'm blessed and I've got a lot of things like resources or money or good things and I think that I did that, then I'm going to hoard that stuff. I'm going to be like a dragon on a mountain. You well, know? and you're also going to fear that at any moment you could screw it up. Even though there's pride in it's all mine, there's a fear of I could lose it because we all know that we're we're not infinite and we're not all powerful. We know one mess up, one bad, you know, one thing against my reputation, this is gone. So there's a bit of uh, fear and anxiety around, kind of like the people who they have the greatest body And now they live in, I lost 30 pounds. I have abs. I look amazing. And now they live in, I'm going to lose my abs. I'm not going to have this body. And, and the fear switches from, I did it. I did it. I did it. I got to keep it. I got to keep it. I got to keep it. Yeah. I love that because you're right. It does. I didn't even think about that because I'm on day five of my Peloton journey now. Which I'm so impressed. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really, I'm not, this isn't an advertisement for Peloton, although it is a really beautiful piece of equipment. I really like it, but like I look forward to it. But like, my point was, I didn't even think about fitness, right? Like Mm -hmm. all these things that we try to accomplish for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You're right. Like it's Mm -hmm. not just a matter of like, uh, wanting to take credit for it, but a fear of losing it because we let those things define us. Yes. And so if I worked a point like where I let my abs define me or if I let my work, like I'm a photographer when I'm not a pastoring and person. And so like if I, if I, if I feel like I could ever lose that. There is anxiety in yeah. that. Yes. Holy crap. And then now you're just in trouble. Now you're just like, you're, you're, and so you'll defend that at all costs. Right. If you define yourself by the things that you feel like you've achieved, you'll defend that at all costs. And so whether it costs you your family or your mental wellness, right? right or your physical wellness, you'll just defend it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And then the other the flip side is if I got myself here, then the flip side of that is why do we then blame God when something bad happens? Mm. Like if we'll take full ownership (laughs) when good happens, why do we talk out of both sides of our mouth? And now when bad happens, well, God is just a jerk, you know, like why would he let that happen? Yeah. It's amazing. But you know, isn't that human nature? Like we were just talking about it earlier. Like I can think on the one negative thing and let that one negative thing outweigh 30 positive things that were said on the same exact subject about me. And, and we do that with God all the time. Yeah. And uh, you know, th- hearing you say that reminded me of something I was thinking of today, uh, where like we, 
we decide everything. Like everything we, we do is a decision that we make. And so if, if we're deciding to sit in that negative or, or focus on the negative, mm -hmm. we've just made that decision. Yeah. We could have decided the other way, but we decided on the negative. Everything we have is a decision that we're making. And so this probably seems like a really obvious thing to say, but I don't think we think of it that way. I think we just could just keep responding or reacting to life. And, and when we get down, I mean, I've this the last four or five days, I was really down. So the message that we're talking about gratitude, which gratitude just kind of shocks you back into good reality. Yeah. Uh, you don't have the motivation to make a good decision when you're down. Like I had five days of woe is me and this is bad and this is hard. And like, to be honest, I need this pandemic to end. Mm. I need it yeah. to end. Well, yeah. so does everybody else. But like, I'm like, dang it or cuss word, I yep. need this pandemic to end. Yeah. And so when I stay in that mode and I'm down, I don't have a good amount of energy to make the decision to change my perspective. That's the, that's the hard thing about this message this week is that gratitude, like doesn't that seem labor intensive when you're low and when you're down? Yeah. Yeah, yeah unfortunately it does. Negativity seems like it, it doesn't require any work and positivity sounds like a 90 minute Peloton workout. Yep. That's it. Yeah. It reminds me actually of some things that, that we've talked about in journey to wholeness, which is a fantastic, um, you need to do it program. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. you. I'm yeah. uh, you've done it. I did. Yeah, I did. You did it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Doing it again. Yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. So, but it reminds me some language in there. Crap, now I've already forgotten. Sorry, I just, I really wanted to give a plug to Journey to Wholeness. I did too. The whole podcast that you do with Becky. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Sure. Yes. Okay. In fact, yeah, it's another great podcast. And yeah, you should be listening to that as well. But um, it's easier for our minds to shortcut into negativity, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's it's our, it's our first reaction just because we've been doing it our whole lives. Mm -hmm. it's, it's harder to, to swim upstream in our minds from that, which is why being grateful is hard because we're not, it's just not natural to us. It's mm -hmm. how we're made, but it's not how we are by our nature. Mm -hmm. By our nature, we want to blame somebody else. By our nature, we want to find fault in somebody else. By, by our nature, we want someone else to, to bear the burden of it. And we do that in our relationships. We do that in everything. Like it can't possibly be my fault. So we'll like, we get, some of us are super creative. Like I'm really creative about trying to figure out how something that happened to me is somebody else's fault. Mm -hmm. And and it takes effort to say, why do I have to find fault at all? Mm. Like, why can't I just like like find the goodness in this? Like in this, like Sean talks about, it. and like I, like I love I love Sean. He's my friend, and and like I I believe him. You know, I believe him when he says that I'm just going to find the good in this. And like mm. I believe that he does that. You know, and like I wish I were better at that. I wish I were better at not trying to find a fault or find a blame or you know being mad at someone. I wish I could just. Be like he had said, supernaturally grateful. I think we're going to talk about that in a mm -hmm. second. Maybe I shouldn't give that away, but that was so good. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to the next one. I don't know what it is that you want, but I know everyone wants something. A better car, a different house, granite countertops, nicer clothes, a spouse, kids, grandkids, a second chance, sobriety. We all want something. And friends, there's usually nothing wrong with what you want, but there's a guy named Solomon who, after he had literally everything, said this, it's better to be content with what the eyes can see than for one's heart to always crave more. The English words crave more, they come from the Hebrew words mahalak nefesh, and those words mean a roaming of the soul. So he's saying, it's better to be content with what the eyes can see than to always have a roaming of the soul. This continual longing is futile. It's like chasing the wind. Okay. Okay. Can I just jump in? Because this goes against like Sean and I's very nature. And there's this very famous series that he preached that people still quote today called more. Yeah. That is about there's more in you. There's more for you. There's more to you. And he's I mean, he's already basically written the book for it. And so this concept of more feels like that is what we need to do. We need to we need to want and yearn for and go after more than just what our eyes see. 
But Solomon, he's talking at the end of his life where he went for it all, all the women, all the money, all the wisdom and got it all, all the countries bowing down to him. And here, like, here's my daughter because I want a peace treaty. And he's like, that just didn't fulfill. Uh, So it's like the intention there was... I just need more than what's in front of me. And the intention was nothing will ever be enough. Or when I get it, I can't just like rest in it for a moment. And that is definitely the tension that Sean and I, and I'm sure plenty of people struggle with is I don't want to become complacent, but then I hear that scripture and I go, but am I supposed to just be satisfied? Such a quandary. Yeah. Yeah. But that's life. Yeah. But you know, like when, when Sean says, when Sean quotes Solomon and talking about like being happy with what you have and complacent, while well, by definition, I feel like they're the same thing. Those are two different yeah. parts there. Complacent's the wrong word. You're right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I feel like, because when Sean was talking about it, it reminded me of the another saying, which is like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, mm. right? So like what you've got mm. is worth more than what you think you might be able to grab off the bush because maybe you're not going to be able to grab that or maybe they're not going to be mm. great birds so or good. whatever. And so like I feel like <sighs> that right there is super powerful when you think about children. So we had two kids there's been times I, I'm like, man, why'd we stop? And, you know, Mm. if we were better humans, we would have wanted more. And, uh, you know, there's people, they've struggled to have kids and they get one. Right. And then all they can think about is, should we try again? Should we spend the 20,000, do another IVF? Like I pictured myself having so many children Mm. and I've had personal friends and I've walked, watched people who they are in a funk and that one child, that one in the hand is worth more than two and that you that you haven't reached. And I've seen people's joy stolen over the fact that like I saw myself having this huge family and I have one and I go, oh my gosh. And and when you're in it, you don't see it the way people see it from the outside. Like you have one healthy baby. You didn't even think you'd have that. But we quickly forget I got a healthy baby after eight years. Oh, maybe it's what's, what is before me, what I can see is where I need to, to find my satisfaction and my blessing and my gratitude. And I feel like this goes back to that super natural. Yeah. Superhero, supernatural power. Mm -hmm. Where I feel like that's where this, this being on the Jesus journey or being in this, in this life with Christ is like, I can't get there myself. Mm -hmm. I need, I need, the superpower that I would get from my life with Jesus to let, to make me be that grateful. Yep. Like I can only, I can only get me so far. Like I, mm-hmm. I was talking at life church downtown uh, last night about this topic. And I was like, how I feel like for the most part, I feel really settled with what I have. I don't really, you know, feel like I'm always wanting something more, but like the pandemic was getting to me. And mm-hmm. like, I feel these last two weeks on the Amazon, like, I'm just like, you know, like, I totally need one of those things. Like I'll just be doing something. I'm like, oh, I need one of these things. And I'm gonna, like, and it's not like crazy stuff. Like I'm not buying like hoverboards or you know something <laughs> stupid. But like, like, but like, there's something that like I feel like I'm satisfied for those five minutes it takes to mm-hmm. put something in my cart, yeah. right? To click, like, buy, one click buy, which is something none of us should have. If you have a problem shopping, <laughs> get rid of buy with one click because that, that takes one whole gate out of that decision making process. Mm-hmm. If you don't have to click two buttons only once, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but I feel like all of life should be that way. There mm. should never be like a one click button. There should never mm. be one, one, which is only, it should be more than one step to like make bad decisions or to make stupid decisions yeah. or to try to get more, not like in a good way out of your life, but more like in a self-serving way out of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I just feel it's, it's too easy. It's too easy for us to have another drink. It's too easy for us to have another whatever, right? Shop more in my case or too many Oreos in my case. I mean, that, it could go on my case all day long, but I feel like we all have things that we just take one more of and there's not enough steps stopping us because we just feel like it satisfies us for like five minutes. And I think this pandemic has proven to us that nothing is satisfying. Yes. I mean, right now I think people could go to Disney World, be at Disney World still and go, I still feel this because there is a spiritual battle going on. This is. Is it a real pandemic? Yes. Is there real political issues? Yes. Is there real drama? Yes. 
overarching, we live in a world where, yes, we're in this human flesh and blood body, but we are fighting a spiritual battle every day. Uh, my kids are always like, mommy, you always say it's spiritual. Everything's spiritual to you. I'm like, it is. There's good and evil and there's dark forces and there's Jesus. Like there's light, there's God. That's your only options. There's not a lot of like gray matter and just neutral things. And, and, and people know that when they're in crisis, when they're doing really great, they sometimes forget it, but for sure, they definitely are going to blame some something when it's really bad. And right now in the pandemic, it's really bad. And there is no finding reprieve. There's no finding relief. Like you said, a uh, click on Amazon, it's an instant. And then you go, I feel I don't feel great. Susan and Brian just came back from Florida. She was speaking at a conference and they were, I mean, Florida and it's cold here now. Like they were ready for this. Magnolia swam in the pool and Susan said the whole time, it's like we, we were under the same spiritual dark cloud that's over our nation or our mm -hmm. world right now, even there. And they were both like, isn't it weird? Like we're, we don't even have to work right now. We're in Florida we have nothing that's really pressing and we still feel that. Yeah. And we, we talked about how there isn't a way to get away from when there is just a spiritual war going on by getting to a different state, an Oreo, a new pair of shoes. And actually what it leaves you is feeling more empty because you're so disappointed that Florida used to fix it. Disney right. World used to fix it. Now it won't even fix it. Right. And that's where I think God's okay. We're getting there. Yeah. I think God's like, cool. You feel weary. You feel empty. You feel void of anything other than me. That's exactly where I've been waiting for you to get. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I feel like Sean and I are both because now we're pastoring our kids because basically they're the only human beings we see consistently. Right. Yeah. So praise God, we're pastoring our kids at a new level. And we've been talking about the power of the Holy spirit and how we've made it about Jesus, because everybody makes it about God. Oprah makes it about God. Everybody makes it about God. God can be whoever, you know, people who are doing crystals, they'll say God, the news will say God. Um, but Jesus, we know is powerful. There's power in the name of Jesus. He prays on our behalf as this sermon talked about, or last week's talked yep, about. Yep. Uh, and he's at the right hand of the father, all of that. He came and died for us. But Sean and I were in very, spirit, I would, I wouldn't call it abusive. I would call it fanatic or uh, hyper spiritual, crazy, not weird, Holy spirit, weird people yep. trying to practice. What's it look like to really be all about the Holy spirit and then putting the Holy spirit maybe above mm. God, Jesus. So the, the, you know, the three and one, the Holy spirit was focused too much on, but we can swing the pendulum. And right now in a pandemic and right now when we're trying to figure out how to be grateful I need the Holy Spirit's power. My kids need the Holy Spirit's power. And that is a different thing than I just need to ask Jesus for help. Like I always am asking Jesus for help, but like I need that Holy Spirit that the, Jesus said, I'm going to leave with you the comfort the Holy Spirit, who's your comforter and your counselor. And he will bring, he will give you power. Yeah. So like you said, the power isn't in me to, in myself to do it. So Sean and I are like, we gotta be praying that the Holy Spirit works in us and dwells in us like we never have. And we need our kids to understand that. Yeah. Can we sit in this Holy Spirit thing for yep. a second? Yep. When we, uh, in the past, uh, for growth track, we, we talk about the Holy Spirit and I would talk about how for me, the best way that I could uh, resonate with the idea of the Holy Spirit was to look at the Holy Spirit as the friendship of God. Mm -hmm. That I knew who God was, and I could say that I believed in God. Um, I could say that, you know, I don't know, like I, I get it, but like that still put God like far, far away from me. And it, it, it almost put Jesus far, far away from me, except he was like a more tangible example of what I should be doing. But the idea of the Holy Spirit being the friendship of God, like if you think about how when you're going through a difficult time, you can say that you have friends or say that you know people, but they're not really friends. But then there's people who are friends, who are like will gather around you in a difficult time, who both physically and spiritually and emotionally, right? They'll just, they'll back you and they'll have you. And you can accomplish things knowing about that friendship or having that friendship than you would have if it was just, well, there's a guy I know whose name is John at work. <laughs> well, I mean, John's yeah. not your friend, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, so if you just treat 
God is just God. He's like your friend John at work. Like, you know who John is, but it's not like John's your friend or he's going to help you out, even just by being encouraging or just by being present with you or just by being your friend. But like when you look at the Holy Spirit as a friendship of God, that's there's so much more that happens when you accept that. And so it's not like this, because sometimes when people think about the Holy Spirit, I'm worried that they think of some, like you said, crystals and Ouija boards and burning sage. Is that a thing? Burning sage? Mm-hmm. Not with the Holy Spirit, but yeah. No, yeah. But like, and I think that there's people outside of the church that, and outside of Christianity that are way more open to something hooky kooky like right. the Holy Spirit than we are in yeah, the church right. because we're so opposed to where we've seen it abused. Uh, we've seen people act crazy about it. Right. And then pretty soon they're wanting to go to the fifth dimension and talk to angels. And I'm just like, oh no, I just need the whole, the yeah. Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. Right. I need him. And, and like what you're talking, the friendship, it's the Bible says that, that he, and it talks God, Jesus, Holy Spirit will stick closer than a brother. How do you, a brother is like living in your house closer than a brother. Right. And the Bible's clear. The Holy Spirit lives and dwells in us. Yeah. Can't get much closer than that. Living and dwelling in us. Yeah. Uh, but the Holy Spirit also will lift himself eventually from the earth. I feel like there's a bit of a lifting of God's hand or lifting, pulling of the Holy Spirit back a little bit right now. Not like I'm trying and want to leave, but like, I need you guys to actually like work this out Mm, and get your head on, or at least like have an awareness of this is what it used to feel like. My Holy spirit was available and ready. And now like, I'm not going to intervene as much as I have because are you going to get serious about this? Or is this a separating of sheep and goats? And the Holy spirit's presence is what has allowed us to just live in like, honestly, a great earth to this point. And I think during the Holocaust and during the 1918 flu and other times in history, I'm sure people were like, there's no God. I can't feel him. This is insane. But there's also a turning of our soul in saying, okay, I need real answers and I'm going to open up to the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the place we're at right now in yeah. the, in history. Yeah. Like, I don't think, and a lot of people talk about this. I don't think like, I don't think, you know, God cause the pandemic. I don't think, no. you know, I, I don't even know. I'd have to have a long conversation with someone if he allowed the pandemic. I don't know how all that part works, mm-hmm. but I know for sure that's creating a space in a lot of people's lives where they have to like, if you'll pardon me, they have to poop or get off the pot Yeah, yep. when it comes to like their faith. Mm-hmm. Like it's, listen, I'll, we won't even get to do in church. Let's figure out where your faith really is at. Mm-hmm. If your faith was in church, duh, guess what? You don't got it anymore. You, you, you how you, it. yeah. You know, and so. Like and we had that tug of war, right? Like yes. as pastors, you're a pastor, you have a, you have a site, we have a right. site. It was, we were like, no, they totally think it's more than the building. And that was really sad. Yeah. That was heartbreaking. That was almost like when you're a parent and you walk, watch your kids just do what you know you raised them better than. Right. And you realize I didn't raise them better than then. Like, look at what they're right. doing. Right. And, and man, that was weird to have to walk that out and watch people who the building was the thing, period. End of story. Now, I believe some of those people are coming around and realizing, okay, wait, like I've gotten closer to Jesus or I had the option to get close to Jesus during this time. Yeah, I dig that. And so they had to get off the pot. Yep. Paul, he developed some grit and that grit was grown in gratitude. Having a general gratitude for your basic blessings helps to settle your soul. It goes a long way to giving you great gratitude for your specific blessings. You know, the intangibles, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your friends, the blessings you already have. They may not be what you want. They may not be perfect, but gratitude takes what you have and it makes it better. Last night, we were talking about this, too, about having grit. And there was this really sweet girl. She was at our table uh, at LC downtown. And she, I don't know, she's maybe 14 or so. And she didn't really understand what, what Sean meant by grit. You know, like, I'm, so the question at the table was, like, what does Sean mean by grit comes from or is born out of, you know, gratefulness? And so she was like, is it Sandy? Like, I don't understand what grit is, blah, blah, blah. And so we started talking about, like, how it's like, Grit is like a fierce determination no matter what your circumstances. That's that's what grit is. Like I'm gritty. I'm just gonna I'm gonna get through this. I'm gonna muscle through this no matter what. And it's the no matter what part that hinges on the gratefulness. Because 
Because just before that, Sean talks about how Paul had said, like, I've learned to be satisfied in whatever I have, whether I've had a lot or had little, whether I was healthy or sick or whether I was comfortable or in prison. No matter what I had, I found that I was grateful and comfortable there. And so that creates a sense of grit where like, I, if I got through all that, well, mm-hmm. crud, I can get through anything mm-hmm. then. And so that's the grit that gets developed out of gratefulness. And again, that goes back to the thing we talked about earlier where you have to choose to be grateful. We're not... It's not our nature to be grateful. It's our nature to want more. It's our nature to like be in, insatisfied is what I almost said. <laughs> Dissatisfied. That's our nature. Like, oh, that's not, if this was good. Five of these must be really good. Mm-hmm. If I've got like a 2015 Subaru, a 2021 Subaru must be amazing. Mm-hmm. If I have 1,800 square foot house, a 2,800 square foot house must be amazing. Right. And so we just keep doing that. We're dissatisfied in our nature. But gratefulness says, no, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be happy with what I've got. I'm gonna be happy with the bird, not the two in the bush. And through that, I know that if I can be happy in, in crappy times, I can always be happy. Yeah. Well, and to be another part of the Bible, and I wish I knew the exact place, uh, if we're faithful in the small, we can mm. be trusted and because we'll be faithful in the big. Right. And, you know, that's something we say around Life Church and the exchange and anybody that Sean and I talk to, that's a big thing uh, to us. And that's God will trust us with what we can be trusted with. And if I can't be trusted with the small, if I can't be trusted with the kids living in my house, why would I be trusted with a business with a bunch of customers? Mm. And we don't really think that way. We, but that's the, what's that, what that is saying is that I'll be satisfied in this home and I'll keep it clean and I will do the dishes and I'll be satisfied with the car and I'll keep it clean and I'll keep it repaired. And I'm grateful for it. And God sees that heart and I can be satisfied in, I'm at least discipling and making an impact on my kids. So God could expand my territory of who I can influence and who can be my customers and how I can grow whatever I'm doing. Uh, but it's it's a heart issue. Like, And here's the thing. I don't think that God would be like, well, Sonny, you had the intention of a bigger house. This is why you treated this house really well. You're just trying to get yeah. something. Well, isn't that how kids work? And they know if they'll clean up their room and keep their room clean, usually they get in less trouble and they get more from Sean and I, our kids do. right? Because the minute they ask for something, which is every day, and we say, you're not going anywhere or getting that until your room is clean, they clean it up. It's, that is how it works. And for, I mean, we're God's kids and he's even kinder to us. But I think there's a bit of a a parent kid relationship For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I I love it, I love how that works because I, I think about how I feel about my kids. And I think about like what makes me proud about my kids or what warms my heart about my kids. And I love the idea of knowing that God looks at me the same way. That even though I'm 53, right, and a grown man, that he still looks at me that way mm-hmm. and thinks it's cute when I do this and thinks it's sweet when I do this and thinks, you know, and I love a God that mm-hmm. feels a way about me, not a God that sits on a mountaintop with fire bolts and like, you know, is waiting for me to screw up. Because he God. doesn't. Because if he not. was that guy, whew, we'd been annihilated a long yes, time ago, a right? a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought about while you were talking about, it's kind of a culmination of a couple of different verses because you're right, it is a heart issue because sometimes people will point to verses in the Bible, especially like uh, prosperity right. people where they'll talk about like whatever you want, God will give it to you. All you have to do is ask, mm-hmm. right? And God will give you the desires of your heart, right? If you love and follow him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Then we, we focus on the second half of that thought and not focus on the first half because it's the first half that changes our hearts. Yeah. When, our, when we have a changed heart, the desires of our heart are different. Yeah. Like, when it says he gives us the desires of our heart, I believe he gives us that kind of a heart is like what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Where my desire changed to look more like his heart yes. than that Cadillac, the prosperity right. thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. If I can just turn that over to him, mm-hmm. then it turns out though, at least it has in my life. And I know what everyone has in my life, but it, I mean, like I love my house. Like I have a nice house yeah. and I have a yeah. nice car and mm-hmm. I have... I have 15 pairs of Chuck Taylors, right? Like I don't need 15 pairs of Chuck Taylors, but I have them. But like, I didn't, it wasn't like there was a time in my life where like I felt like that would determine who I was. The size mm-hmm. of my house, the newness of my car, the hotness of my car, the, you know, I guess the, 
the, the fanciness of my kids' clothes, all those things would reflect on me to say, here's a successful man. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I gave up chasing that kind of success and chased after the heart of Jesus and to try to make my heart more like his, then I found that the desires of my heart changed, but then I still got the things I was thinking about anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, let me throw this in because yes. you're my cute kid, right. and you know what? Here's the Barbie. Right. Here's the that's it. So Chuck like Taylor. Like yeah. You, you know, they clean the room because they know they got to get that done anyway. So then he's like, oh, look at you doing that without being told. Here's a little extra something. something. Exactly. Yeah. You know, praise is just positive talk or positive affirmations. Praise is just compliments. Think of the kind of compliments you like to get or that you like to give and then give those to Jesus, especially when he gives you a blessing, a.k.a. a hookup. So every time God hooks me up, I'm going to give him a compliment like you're so generous. You're so great. You're so kind. You're the most giving guy I know. Nobody's better to me than you. I've never enjoyed being around anybody more than I enjoy being around you. Or just simply, I love you. It was so funny that Sean um, talked about this, this idea of praise, because just uh, last week, I, I, uh, I live a lot on social media. I do a lot because I want to be like a positive voice on social media. And so I saw this article from a friend of mine. His name is Craig Bauer. He's a really great guy. He's the marketing guy at Hanson's Fundraising Pizza and um, has a really great marketing company. On his own. Anyway, he's a really big Kiss fan, which actually reminds me of being in fourth grade because my friend Kevin Mays was a really big Kiss fan. And when then my mom found out that I was listening to Kiss, I didn't really like the music, although they're from Detroit. But um, but like I didn't like I, I just thought it was a cool thing to like. And then my mom saw like an album or something. She's like, what? You better not let your father see that because they were like, you know, Nasty. painted yeah, up, right? Yeah. And kids in Satan service is what everyone thought. And we were supposed to burn those records. Yeah. Anyway, he's a big Kiss fan. This has nothing to do with Kiss at all. <laughs> anyway, he posted an article from Forbes about um, Eddie Van Halen's recent passing. Oh, yeah, I saw you did that. Yes. I didn't read it, darn it. Oh, such a good article. Okay. That talks about praise. That he, the article was about some famous writer guy, and he had some famous musician friend, and the musician friend was saying how sad he was that Eddie Van Halen died, who was a super accomplished guitarist. I get that he smoked, and he probably drank and did drugs and a bunch of stuff. But anyway, he was a really good guitarist. He had that overbite, though. Like, whenever he smiled, he had that really goofy yeah. kind of overbite. Yeah. But he was married to Valerie Bernelli, and who didn't love Valerie Bernelli? Right? She was so cute. She's still She's cute. still alive. Yeah. 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 Anyway, again, it has nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> the article was about this guy, this writer, talking to this other musician friend that really admired Eddie Van Halen and said, I really wish I would have taken that. I really wish I had a chance to tell him how much he impacted my career and my life and blah, blah, blah. And the guy was like, why didn't you? Like, you could have just written to his manager and said, you know, and if he got some letter that said, you know, all these things, I'm sure he would have read it. But we never do that. Like, I feel like we. So I know we're going to talk about praise of God because that's really, really important. But like, again, this goes against who we are, like just to be praiseful anyway, mm-hmm. like not praiseful, raising your hands and saying, I worship you, but praiseful saying, oh, my gosh, you're so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, we're so stingy with that. We're so stingy with our praise, praise of our kids or praise of our spouse or praise of the people who are around us. And I don't know why we're stingy. Jesus wasn't stingy like that. Mm -hmm. Like he was like all effusive about it. Like, why can't we be more effusive about it? And sometimes like, I feel like I take it too far. Sometimes I get creepy sometimes or like, I'll be like, oh my gosh, your skin is flawless. Right. But I feel like (laughs) you're a photographer. Right. I am a photographer. You see that. And And it's a good compliment. It is a nice compliment. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, I don't know why I wouldn't say nice things to people all the time. Mm -hmm. And, but I feel like we just like, we hang on to our praise and God doesn't want us to hang on to her. Certainly not for him, but definitely not for other people either. And I don't, I mean, you can't hear yourself saying this, but to me, it's so clear. Lucifer was in charge of praise. And then he said, Nope, I'm taking this and going, I'm jealous. And that was his arsenal that he packed up and took. And so, you know, the, the reason that people probably struggle with praise is because Satan's like, I can't have you do that. That's the very thing that I got to take away from God and take away from people it's mine to, and, and I'm going to distort it. And so he, he lets us, you know, have our parents say, Oh man, one time I complimented this person and they said, so I'll never do that again. And we hear that as a kid. And even if that hasn't stung us, even if we haven't had someone deny our compliment, we heard our parents say, right. Oh, that, that makes you feel awkward. And that like, that's very common. That happens a lot. Or you have it 
happen to you and, and Satan makes sure of it Yeah. because everything is spiritual. So if I say to you, you know, Scott, you're just a really great pastor. Oh, I'm even this, this was the Christianese thing for years. Oh, it's all God, yep. which is a denial of the compliment, which makes you feel silly and small and unholy or unspiritual that I just said, you're a good pastor. And you said, Oh, glory to God. It's not me. And then I got denied. So then I go away saying, I'm not going to compliment as much because it feels awkward. It felt awkward coming out. And now I've got denied. I'm done. And then it's, you know, all the way to you're so pretty and, you know, on Instagram and snap, that'd be the thing now, you know, Oh, you're so pretty. And then somebody, you know, now if somebody says, okay, with a period, or thanks with a period that's actually like, shut up. Yes. And so then my daughter then probably would go, it blows up in your face when you compliment somebody. Satan loves it because he can shut us down. Then if we don't compliment people who we can see, as the Bible says, you, some won't believe Jesus said, some won't believe and they've seen me. What do you think is going to happen when they can't see me? Right. And so if I compliment a human being and they won't receive it, is it foolish to go to the throne of God and compliment or praise him? That's all kinds of awkward. Right. Right. So it gets shut down. Right. So if we, but then we look at that, like we talked about last segment, if we talk about how like God's just our dad. Yeah. Right? And so if you, th- if, but if you think about like the kind things that your kids might say to you. And you're like, oh my gosh! Like, and then you then you go on social media. Listen to what my kid just said yes. to me, right? And we're like, I'm sobbing over here. Yes, that's the same. Unless way. you're a total right, right. butthead. Right. Yes, when your kids like, I mean, how many terrible looking pictures and cards have we gotten from our right. kids? But when they even said, "You're the best dad in the world," oh, couldn't get a better compliment. Yes, right. That's God. Right. And so, like, I feel like when we should be doing that. Like, yes. I, mean, that's, I mean, I know that that just seems like just more gratefulness. And then, but then you'd think like, why is God so egocentric or vain or narcissistic that he created people that he likes it when they compliment him? Like when you're not looking at it the right way, like he, he gave us the choice to do it or not. So how much more beautiful is it when we do like Mm -hmm. my kids can eat, say nice things to me or not. So that's why it's beautiful when they do say nice things Mm -hmm. to me or when they clean their room without being told or when they, whatever, right. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's, that's where the sweetness lies. And I feel like. God talks, David talks a lot in the Psalms about, you know, sweet worship and sweet praise Mm -hmm. and like fragrant and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not supposed to be weird. It's just supposed to be like, that's just the best way to describe it. Like there's just nothing like that. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's consuming. And so I I feel like when we can do that for God, we can say, man, that is so good, bro. Like Mm -hmm. that is like, and it doesn't have to be some kind of flowery, you know, David like poem about how great God is. He just wants us to know that he's great and Mm -hmm. just. There's something that happens in us when we vocalize it. I was going to say, he says he covets. He wants our worship. He's a jealous God. But, But here's why. Because when we will worship him, we don't worship other things. When we worship him, it fills a void. When we worship other things, it creates a vacuum. Yes. So he's jealous for us because he, he knows what it does for us, like you said. And it does so much for us. I, I have snuck and read a couple of Sean's prayer journal entries. He's <laughs> never missed a morning in like two years now. Um, and he will, he will write down all of the stuff he thanks God for. And God is so good. So when he preached that, he actually is definitely living it out. And I'm like, wow, he takes like a whole half a page to tell God how good he is, how much he loves about him, how grateful he is. And, and I know that Sean does that because he need he should for God, but you know what? It changes the last half of the page because the first half is, I love you. You're so good. God, when he gets to the last half, praise shrinks our needs and our wants and our doubts and our fears and all we were disgruntled with the beginning of the morning without right. the coffee, without the prayer journal, that list gets shorter and it, and it was for us that we first gave God praise. Yeah. It, it's that line, P-R-A-Y, praise, repent, ask. Why is what? Because we love you. Why? Because <laughs> we should know that. <laughs> it's an acrostic. Yes. That also made me think of because I think it's a biblical thing, but I just remember it as a childhood song about counting your blessings. 
Mm-hmm. Count your blessings, name them one. Do you remember this one? Yeah, it's an old enough song. It's got to be biblical, yeah. right? Like hymns. Like it had to have come from See the Bible. What God has done. Count your many blessings, name them. Anyway, when we do Scott's that. Scott's actually a singer. Not if a singer. If you couldn't tell. So that reminds me just this weekend, uh, I was shooting a wedding because I'm also a photographer. And Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, shot the wedding with me. And we were cleaning up after the ceremony on our way to go take some portrait pictures. And there was a guy at the church. Um, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I'm just talking about it anyway. He was auditioning to be part of like the praise team at this Catholic mm. church. And so it was just the piano player, right? And this guy singing on a thing. And I said, this reminds me of when I auditioned to be part of Life Church's praise team, right? And it's it's ridiculous because if you ask anyone, they'll tell you that when I was on the praise team, like that my mic was off, like just oh. off. So I didn't like, know that. So you really don't sing. <laughs> I mean, you like, were there for presence. I was there for presence because yeah. I'm an engaging character on the stage. Yes. So anyway. Well, the time is up. You're not, you're no longer on the praise, right. the praise That's true. team. Right. That's true. Anyway, count your blessings. Cause I feel like. Name them one by name one. Name them one by one. It's huge. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I do feel like there's a scripture. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. We'll, we'll discover yes, that. I'll put in the notes. Cool. So, but I feel like when we do that, A, it creates a sense of praise, a sense of worship, the sense of gratitude. But like you just said, and I love this, is that like you run out of things, you're like, I don't even feel good about the stuff I felt like I didn't have. <laughs> right. You know, so like whatever the, the opposite of your blessings are, your curses or whatever, like if you, if you count your blessings and not your curses, you're not going to have time for your curses mm-hmm. at the yep. end. Yep. It's going to seem stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're like, oh, thank you for my life and my health and the fact that I could get up and thank you for giving me a job and that wife that loves me and kids that are great. And then by the time you get to like, I wish I had new socks or I wish I, you know, I don't know. I yeah. wish the leather wasn't tearing in the seat of my car. Like it seems like it's just stupid. Thing for to sure. Because Sean talked about that being tangible and intangible things and how grateful we are for them because mm-hmm. we don't even get a chance to get to that anyway. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yep. God owes you something. I mean, listen, God does owe you. It's just not what you think. So I love what David said in the 63rd Psalm. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied, like with the richest of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Are you fully satisfied? Or are you like the nine who took their healing and went on their way? When you're fully satisfied, you'll be like the one who came back praising God in a loud voice. So the nine and the one of the 10 lepers. Right. uh, Those nine, I just don't think they had as soft a heart as the one. And sometimes it's as easy as and as simple as saying to your asking yourself, is my heart soft enough? Hmm. Because that's a really big question to know where you're at spiritually, where you are emotionally. Am I soft? And is my heart soft enough? Because if it's soft enough, you, you tend to be more grateful, but it's hard to just leap to grateful when you're struggling with a hard heart. That's why right now in a pandemic, which I thought the, I mean, the many podcasts we've done here, at Life Church, yeah. I thought we'll quit saying the word pandemic because, gosh, it'll be old hat, and we'll be past this in right. two months, and we're still on podcasts. But grateful, we have all these podcasts now, all these right. new podcasts, right. all these things that are helping people. But you know, I I do bring up podcast again because or p- pandemic again because the the hardness that a pandemic can create, and I think it has. And the proof of that is social media. It is the, we will not just cancel people, we will get a gut ache over what we see. I walked in here today for this podcast and said, why did I read somebody's yeah. post about are the hospitals empty or full in Green Bay? Right. Is, it a, is it a lie? Is it truth? And I, I'm just reading what they say. And I was just like, I felt my guts just get tangled up and yeah. like, oh, and I felt this like rage just from reading their rage back and forth. Yes. And, and it's so easy to just get a harder, 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 harder heart. And the soft heart is what the one, the one leper had a soft heart and the nine, maybe they didn't have that hard of a heart, but it obviously wasn't soft enough to turn around and go, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right. I feel like, I feel like that, that, the ire 
like that feeling that we get when we like read negative stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that can be addictive to us. Like yes. I feel like we like it, we hate it, but we love it. Yep. You know, and so, and I love what you said about hard hearts and soft hearts. It reminds me, you know, in the account of Moses and Pharaoh and it, you know, it said that, you know, that God would harden Pharaoh's heart, right? So like he wouldn't be affected by the pandemics and the plagues that were affecting him, right? They were affecting his people and everything, right? So it, it took like a full on thing where it like, where the angel of death came and killed his own kid before, you know, he softened his heart enough to let his people, or mm-hmm. let, you know, Moses and, his, and those people go. But even then his heart, you know, hardened up, heart hardened up again and he chased him into the mm-hmm. sea. But like a, this idea of a hard heart or a soft heart, you know, it happens in us without us even knowing. And I feel like it goes mm-hmm. back to something Sean had said earlier in this thing about what we feel like we're entitled to. If we feel like we're entitled to everything that we've got, well, of course we're going to have a hard heart. Yep. Like, it's not going to be like, well, of course I'm going to have that. I mean, and do you know what the discipline or the ramifications of a hard heart is? The, co- the effect of a hard heart is a harder heart. Hmm. Pharaoh had a hard heart. And God took it and made it harder. So, or Satan does, you know, the flip side is, did God allow Satan to just continue to have his way in Pharaoh? And so then it became harder. That is the repercussions of a hard heart. So you're in this crazy cycle when you have a hard heart that it will turn to stone. And then the flip side is my favorite character in the Old Testament, David. He was a screw up. He's like, he, he like had like movie line screw ups yes. and he was called a man after God's own heart. How in the heck? Yes. Like David did as dumb as some might say as Pharaoh. I mean, like it was sin, sin yep. is sin. People are right. all about sin is sin. Right. And I would say, well, there's there sin is sin, but sexual sin is more controlling. Just, just a little side note there, yes. but That's uh, another the demonic, yeah, the demonic tie of sexual sin is a new level of that. But, uh, the David was a sinner and, but he had a soft heart and he would go to repentance quick. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. And so he's talked about as a hero and then there's Pharaoh right. that, so, and if we can think of it that way, like, okay, if I can ask myself, do I have a soft enough heart? No, I'm not feeling it right now. Well, tomorrow's going to be worse then because if I have a hard heart today, tomorrow it's going to get harder. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And so when you think about these 10, right, all 10 were healed. Yes. Yes. So like, and it's only one that comes, turns around and says, thanks. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's fantastic. I love that you mm-hmm. did that, mm-hmm. which took that guy nothing. I mean, it was nothing for that guy. These other nine jokers, right? They run off and start partying and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, rubbing their bodies on people because they can because they're not yeah. leprous anymore or yeah. whatever. So and the, isn't it a picture of like, can I can think of people today that that would be a response. Right. Like I got saved at church and now I'm going to go and live like however the rest of the week because yes. this dude forgave right. me, healed me. Oh, it's awesome. And they run off and they party right. and they come back maybe or they, you know, come back yeah. once every six weeks. And then there's that one that's like, I will give him everything. And we wonder why there's 3% of the population that leads and 97% that follows and 3% right. that are like, called, sold out. There's other people who've been called to do something for Jesus with their life. But the boat, the beers, the deck up at the cottage or the cabin, that's too important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not giving that. I mean, it's not like, and it's not like, and it's a process for people that, because I feel like some people will not have soft hearts or not be all in in their walk because there's things that they feel like they love and they don't want to give up on. Right. But it goes back to what we were talking about before where the desires of our heart are the things that change. Mm-hmm. He changes our heart to desire other things. And so yeah, like, we, sure. had a, we had a conversation at our pocket church. We have a pocket church that gets together on Sunday mornings at our house. If you're not part of a pocket church, like find out. Like go We to had a church. youth group pocket church oh, this Sunday. How fun is that? All teenagers. It was amazing. Wow. Hmm. And you, it's a good thing you have a degree in youth ministry. Right. We've yeah. kind of felt like this is more fun than ever. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Anyway, yes, we were there church. talking about, and we were there, there was this couple there and they were talking about like, 
some stuff that they used to do or some shows that they used to watch that just like and like they kept watching it but then lately they're like this doesn't even have anything mm, for me anymore like, so good you know and, I, and that's how God works at least some I think some people like he just flips on a dime right, right? but for me and a lot of other people I know it's been this gradual thing where like eh, it just doesn't really mm. bring me anything mm-hmm. and I feel like that's the softening of my heart for him and that's what makes it easier for me to turn around and say thank you for taking that because most of the stuff that he wants us to walk away from is in one form or another certainly I mean we can talk about the sin thing but it's destructive to us or it's destructive mm-hmm. to others like there's mm-hmm. nothing good that comes right from day drinking on a boat like I feel like there, I mean you know what I mean there's nothing like it, again it feels good for five minutes and then the five minutes after the five minutes like oh crap mm-hmm. I regret that or the morning after when you're hungover and you're like oh I'm never gonna do that again mm-hmm. until next weekend or mm-hmm. like, and I'm just trying to pick on drinking but there's all these things yeah. Oreos and everything else you're like oh I feel really bad about mm-hmm. that so everything that we do that God's like, oh, I wish you didn't do that. Or I wish you didn't have to do that. Or I wish you could see that that's not what I made for you. It's all about this change in us and what the desires of our heart are. That We get to this point where we're like, I don't even miss this TV show. Or I don't miss Oreo cookies or I don't miss whatever, mm-hmm. you know, not it's, shopping. Sean and I ate breakfast somewhere today and it wasn't great. It wasn't the exchange because we're closed <laughs> on Mondays. Yes. Bad on us. But it wasn't great. And uh, we were talking about how it's funny how your taste buds change. And I said, you know, there's emotional intelligence. You're, you have an EQ. I said, I think there's taste bud intelligence. Mm. And I think some people, it just become it matures and it just becomes, and I can taste the difference in what used to taste good. You know, I could go back to a city we lived 10 years ago and think I'm going to have that one thing I always had and be so disappointed and think they changed the recipe. No, my taste buds changed. And it's to your point are what, what did it for us on the shows we watched when it's like, oh. Ooh, that's not doing it anymore. Is there a, a, you know, emotional intelligence? Is there a spiritual intelligence? Is there, is there this softening of the heart that, like we said, like you said, it changes the desires of our heart. And man, that's what sanctification is. So when we hear about I'm saved and sanctified, sanctification is a process. And I hope that my taste buds for all things look very different at the end of my life than they do now. But I'm not going to wait for my deathbed to hope they all change at once. Like just every year, I hope uh, that that song, man, it just doesn't do it for me. And you know, that group of friends, they don't do it for me. I don't have to hate them. I don't have to get on Facebook and hate them. They just don't do it for me because man, I need some Jesus people in my life because I want to be better this year than last. And and, and this is, I mean, this is it for me. This is the Jesus journey for me because what I find is that the things that I'm, that I find satisfying now, like there's no downside to them. None. Right. There's no hangover. (laughs) Right. From Jesus time. There's no hangover. Mm. There's no regret. There's no like all those things you'd have to deal with. Like if you slept around or if you Mm. bought too much or if you ate too much or if you drank too much or shot up too much or whatever, there's always a downside. But there's never been a downside. Now that the desires of my heart have been changed, there's never been a downside to the things that I'm pursuing. Well, and some people could say, well, you're Pastor Scott, though. I mean, you've been doing this a while. You wear what would Jesus do bracelets always, you know, like you're Pastor Scott. It's interesting you said that there's no downside. Aubrey, who's 15, who last year at this exact time was wiling out, hanging out with crazy people and snuck out of the house. And I mean, we're like our daughter. Well, you know, not going to be able to say our family's perfect because we'll probably tell people that we tell we tell on ourselves all the time this year in October. Aubrey was talking to her brother and a friend and said, literally, I don't see why people don't understand or I don't see how you can find any downside to Jesus. Like there's, there's nothing bad when you go for Jesus. She goes like, I, unless you're doing drugs or having sex or something like that, she said, there's no downside. And my 15 year old said exactly what you said, but she's tasted and she's seen and she's in the Bible talks about that. And she's tasted Jesus and went, okay, this is a lot of upsides. And, uh, you know, Man, if a 15-year-old can get it, yeah. I can get it, right? Yeah. A couple of Sundays ago, we had uh, live worship at LC downtown, and mm-hmm. you guys were there, and mm-hmm. she was there, mm-hmm. and she was there with a boy. I don't know who that boy was. He's an Assembly of God boyfriend. Yes. So super tall, A. Yeah. And like I loved watching her watch him worship. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of girls that who are that age that you know they just need the cutest boy, right, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, not not interested. And he's who, cute. Yeah, he is cute. Yeah, I didn't mean to say these. Yeah, right. But like almost 
more interested in who he was spiritually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I loved that. I yeah. loved that moment. And I did, again, I, I'm with her. Like, there's no downside mm-hmm. to this. Yeah, and then and then for the first, yesterday at Pocket Church, it was, it was like a youth ministry, which we loved it. And uh, we were, Uncle Barry, Barry, Pastor Barry, who was on, she on that, he asked the kids, or maybe it was Sean at the end, after our discussion questions, what do you guys want to do with your life? We went around the room, all great answers. And then Camden, Aubrey's boyfriend, which you don't want any, you don't want your kids to have boyfriends till they're 30. That's just right. a reality. But he said a missionary. And part of me wanted to go, good answer in here. <laughs> but reality is that he, the, the seed that's been sown in him to him, he did a missions trip to De Pere. Hmm. and Sean and Barry are like, where'd you do a missions trip? Cause I'm sure they're thinking <laughs> what they, they went to freedom house. They did some stuff in De Pere and he got called to missions right in his own town. And th- that's just a, that's just an example. And that's a 16 year old kid right. that this doesn't require your 40 or 50 and God's finally wearing you down. It's a choice that you can, you can pivot now. And that is a softening of a heart when, when there's lots of culture around him that could say the opposite. Uh, And that's just a a softening of a heart that, and I think there's people listening to this that they could think, well, I'm too old to like Mm. pivot now. You know how many people in my family that would look down upon me? If it was obvious I have that soft heart, mm, it's not too late. Yeah, it's not too late. Nope, I love that. Okay, that's it. We're out of sound I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode of Chew On That. If you did and want to share it with someone that you feel like could benefit from these words, please share it with them. We're uh, on all your favorite podcast platforms, so it would be even greater if you could uh, subscribe uh, so you'd never miss an episode. There's a bunch of other podcasts that we do as well. Uh, we alluded to a couple of them, uh, including um, the whole podcast, which is part of the Journey to Wholeness um, collective. And then uh, there's Cheery Conversations with Pastor Sonny and always Casey or sometimes Casey? Sometimes Casey, most of the time Casey. And yeah. then a guest. Yeah, I can't Juicy imagine. topics, right. fun, cheery, goofball. Right, yeah. I can't but imagine deep. cheerier people than you Aww, and Casey. thanks. Yeah, yeah. And then the sermon series is always available mm-hmm. on a podcast. And At Home with the Hennessy's is one of the podcasts. Yeah, we haven't done one in a while. Yeah. We're kind of sick of being at home oh, with the Hennessy's. Right, yeah, but we need to, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Anyway, we do a lot. And so there's always good content for you. So if you're looking for new content or content that's fresh or f- content that maybe might soften your heart, give any one of those uh, podcasts a try. I mean, if you enjoy the podcast, please help us um, produce these. It takes a little bit of resources. And so if you'd like to give to the, to, to the podcast, uh, just visit lifechurchgreenbay.com slash give. And there's ways there you can give towards podcast. Pastor Sonny, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, I really Pastor enjoyed it. I hope you come back again. That would be Aww, fun. Aw, thanks. Okay, see you next time.